Bang bang! I was welcome one. to Married to Shut Up, <laughs> a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are those couples: Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about the Gunfighters. Written by Donald Cotton, directed by Rex Tucker, aired April 30th to May 21st, 1966. Before we get started, it is time for everybody's favorite podcast segment, Cody's 40-second Plot synopsis, on your mark, get set, go! All right, the doctor teleports back in time. He's in the Wild West. It kind of takes him a while to figure that out. He's in the Wild, the wild, the wild, wild Earp days, and he finds out that there's a Doc Holiday. He's also the doctor. <laughs> there's two doctors. Everybody gets confused. You need a gun, though, and the doctor couldn't be any more fucking disgusted in your American-ass gun, but okay, I'm going to take the gun. Uh, these guys are kind of, they're the cowboys. They're going to come and take over the village, and they kind of do. They're going to hang Steve. I'm good with it, actually, but they don't actually. And then uh, the doctor is like, take your stupid gun. He's like, I'm sorry, I was so wrong. You're not Doc Holiday, Even though Doc Holiday is my best friend, and I know who he is, but you weren't Doc Holiday. You can Time. go. Time. Time. Shut up. 100% accurate. <laughs> Uh, you started with the doctor teleported to the past. You know he has a time machine, yeah, right? Yeah. Tell <laughs> the, me it doesn't teleport. The, Jacob, the premise tell, of this story is that me. he has a TARDIS. <laughs> tell me the... it doesn't teleport. The fact that you use the term travel tells me you're wrong and dumb. I think the most important part of that synopsis was there's two doctors. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> For a solid eight seconds. <laughs> it was ten seconds before he said anything about the episode at all. Perfect solid. as always, Cody. Um, okay. We play this game every week where we try to guess where it falls in the Doctor Who 50th anniversary poll. The website that I use to get that number from doesn't exist anymore. Just disappeared. <laughs> oh, Can't no. find a result from that poll that just has classic who in it. So here's what we're doing. I did find a poll. Are we going to guess where Jake from... places it? That'd be fun. Oh, jeez. No, because I haven't seen every classic episode. But I did find a poll from the Doctor Who magazine 35th anniversary poll in 1998. Oh, maybe this isn't a whole bunch of idiots that voted on this one. Knew who hadn't even, wasn't even a thing. Instead of being out of 156, it's out of 160 because they include the TV movie. And they take one of the seasons, which is called uh, Trial of a Time Lord. And they split it up into three stories because it should be three or four. I can't remember. So, Terry. Yes. Out of 160 Doctor Who stories, where did the gunfighters fall? I'm going to try 96. Jill. Mm. Mm. 
112. Cody. 102. 102. Count it. Alex. I think they wouldn't give a shit about Americans and guns, so I'm going to go like 140. And bringing up the rear, Sam. 85. Damn. That's why she's bringing up the rear, because it was 152. (laughs) Oh, no. You don't want to know my original guess, because it would have been worse. (laughs) (laughs) So I was listening to a podcast today, and I don't remember names or anything, but it's a podcast from one of the big boys. Uh, One of the guys from from Radio Free Scarrow, he does a podcast with his wife, who is one of the podcasters from Verity. They do a podcast together called Lazy Doctor Who, and... He posited that during this time period, nobody had seen this fucking story. Or so everyone's opinion of it came from like one guy who was old enough to remember it. And one like super fan that everyone talked to on message boards and shit when the internet was new. And he hated it. So everyone just kind of hated it. But he posits that when the DVD came out in 2011 or 2012, that fan... Uh, opinion kind of started changing and for the the man talking in this uh, particular podcast loves this one it's one of his favorites so yeah. you know, take that take that with a bit of salt but uh no no salt it's... needed we've been saying that about this fucking <laughs> we... poll for years <laughs> there's a, a whole years. different poll i know it's but the it's the same, same poll same different thing. year it's the same premise it, yeah we're we're trying to guess what that time felt like. Yeah, so a lot of these DVDs came out in, like, 2011, 2012. Like, there had been VHSs. A lot of these people had them. But the, uh, I think it, like, around when, like, Amazon and, like, thing, DVDs are easier to get. And when they, so I think around that time when a bigger audience was able to view these things, especially when the new series came out and people started, you know, wanting to go back and watch some of the old series, I do think a lot of opinions changed. And I do think comparing the two lists uh, from 1998 and 2013 would be super interesting to kind of compare those to see how opinions of certain things change. Oh yeah. If we could get like a, like a side by side and then on the right side, we could see how many up or down it went. That would be cool. We could, but someone's just going to have to fork over 40 bucks to get a copy of that fucking magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, who wants to say stuff? Jake, this episode was actually kind of interesting. The song really sucked. It was kind of annoying. It repeated itself <laughs> a few too many times. I didn't think the song was that bad. Like, it wasn't the worst, so but sometimes it's like, remember this last part that I sung? Lol, here I go again. Okay, that's because the beginning of the episode was just the same as the last of the episode, which would normally be a week apart, but because <laughs> we watched them back to back, it's a repeated section. Yes and no, but they did it in the middle of episodes. There's one thing I want to say about this, and it's a tweet. It's a tweet from James Courtney, Mr. J. Courtney. When I asked, uh, you know, friends of ours what they thought about it, he says, it's very funny. They will probably hate the song, though, as they will have watched it all in one sitting. <laughs> and I, I think that's a big thing. If you're watching yeah. this one 25-minute episode a week, the song doesn't, it, it's not constant like when you're watching all four of them in like a hour and 45 minute period 
you're hearing that song 17 times and it does get to be a lot. But I think if you're stretching it out over a month, the song doesn't really get at you in in the same way. I don't know. The song got at me five seconds into the episode. Like we're in episode two and Alex's like, what do you think of the song? And I'm like, I hated it from the beginning. Like okay. now it's just getting more and more and more. She's saying calamity and it broke my brain because the way she's saying calamity and the note she used are not what should have been used for that word. Feels like a nitpick. Yeah, did everybody else like after the 20th uh, injection of that song you just like you start in your brain you're making the jingle that sounds really good and then it's a terrible jingle what they choose I think the song's great and I love it I played it for my coworkers <laughs> at work today because I listened to it or I watched it on my lunch break and I was like just listen to this that I've been listening to for now 60 minutes not straight very separated and they're like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. Like, it's just haunting. <laughs> Jake, how it's... many of these actors were American? None. Was um, it zero? I think one was Canadian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can tell. It was a little rough. But back to the song. It is not, the song is not necessary. We don't need somebody narrating what's happening. It is fine on its own. I think what what Jill's getting at is the production of the song, which I agree, like the audio and like the way she was singing, it was trying to be operatic, but it like wasn't. It was very odd. Like it was just a weird style and way to record it that made it all terrible. But I think like Steven's rendition was great. The way (laughs) Alex says operatic is kind of the same as the way she says calamity. How How would you say that word? (laughs) how would you say it i would not use that word operatic is how you say that word yeah i I would not use that word (laughs) it's opera like it's the style of that like saloon girl type of singing of just like that very obvious vibrato but i like the idea of it because it's like the greek chorus like it's narrating the story as they're changing scenes yeah and yeah. i i think it works as an idea but as like over four episodes where you're changing scenes a lot it gets to be a lot where it's like in the greek chorus they're doing it so infrequently and they're filling in things this app ep- or this like series or show what is it called Story. 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 This story is like the epitome of infinite ammo cheats. <laughs> <laughs> they fired off 200 rounds per wheel gun, and it was great. And each person died slower wheel than gun. the last. You mean a revolver? Yeah, it's a wheel gun. <laughs> I've never heard wheel gun. I understand what it means. Never heard it. I kind of like it. Is it wheelie cool? Oh. <laughs> I like it. Great joke. Keep it in, Jake. <laughs> More of that. I do think that this historical type story was the best one we've seen yet, though. It was kind of fun. Like, it like I just I remember first like when I first watched it being so giddy that Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp were in it. And oh, man, it was like it just made me happy and excited and yeah. i think that's why i really like this this story 
This is fun because like a lot of people come into it knowing Tombstone, like we do. I mean, at the time, Who they sure we? shit don't. <laughs> uh, the royal we. Me and Terry are gonna be watching Tombstone this week. Uh, like I'm making yeah. him watch it because he said to me this week, "I don't like westerns." Oh, you're gonna love Tombstone. We watched half of it last night after Doctor Who, and it was <laughs> yes. much better than Doctor Who. So now I'm a little sad that. Uh, oh yeah, Doctor Who is shit. <laughs> we have to watch great. about Doctor Who and not Tombstone. <laughs> it was a big budget movie made 30 years later. I know, and it's a good thing that we watched Doctor Who first, or I would not have made it through it. <laughs> I thought Terry would be into Brokeback Mountain. That's not I a mean, western. Yeah, what? it's a modern day western. Yeah, it is. It's Montana, like Midwest. That's in the at west. Most. <laughs> it's sheep people. It's too north for a western. <laughs> what? The the Midwest is the the Dakotas in the the winter. The West is the Arizona, Texas. Arkansas. There's also westerns in the Dakotas. What are you talking about? What westerns in the Dakotas? I haven't seen dances, a lot of dances westerns. With wolves. <laughs> Dance with Wolves is not a western! Fuck you! <laughs> Shot in South Dakota. How is it not? Uh, dances with Wolves is like a drama at its finest. That, like, All westerns I are dramas. I suppose we have to define like what makes a western. To me, it's kind of like the, the desert atmosphere with a cowboy. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think there can be Montana westerns. I don't know where Brokeback Mountain takes place. I don't think it's in Montana. Yeah. I think it's... Dances Colorado? with Wolves is a military film. That seems like a, a Colorado type of thing. I was thinking it was more like Texas area. Because down there it was more of like a you're gay, oh, no. I'm going to beat the, the shit out of you. The that they're bundled up and you know, cuddling. Well yeah, because they're I mean, in the mountains. Terry, take notes. <laughs> yeah. Move to Montana. Get out of my house. Become a sheep herd. Anyway, what did everyone think of the character of Kate? Terrible. Her, like, I loved her brashness and, like, vibrato as a character, but then she just held that the entire time. It was like, dear God, are you some sort of, like, villain in disguise? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, the wait till the, you watch Tombstone. The Western oh, no. drawl like attempts were insane in this one. Like, oh, darling, you have to without the dog. Yeah, <laughs> it was with everything. It's like, what are you gonna do with this girl over here? The bartender, yeah. Charlie. Fucking Charlie! <laughs> Holy oh shit! God. I, like, Charlie was awesome, Does and he... it's super sad that he died. It okay? Uh-uh. I felt pity for him, and I was sad that he died. But his accent, like, does he have a lisp normally, or was that just because okay. of the American that accent? That was a character choice, or was hey, that guys, a choice, or like, was that? Okay, the accents were all bad. Can we move on? Okay, no. but is that all but we're going to talk about? You want no. a podcast, Jake? His was especially bad. His he had like something in his lip. Yes, I think. Can we talk about no. their hats and how they were all too small? <laughs> <laughs> I did I not thought, pay attention to that. Wait, at all. I'm thinking of Tombstone, not Doctor yeah. Who. We should they're, not have watched Tombstone because it's uh... <laughs> their cowboy hats all sat on the top of their head, and like the whole point of a cowboy hat is to cover your face from the sun. <laughs> and because they're actors on TV, they had these teeny tiny little hats so that you could see their faces. So you could and say that they had five gallon hats <laughs> instead of t- instead of ten gallon hats. <laughs> it's funny. Laugh. It's funny. 
Johnny oh, Ringo had a fucking boo. string around his chin. Like, oh my oh, god, was, that was terrible. Like Johnny Ringo is supposed to be one of the scariest people like ever. Yeah, he looked like a boy playing cowboy. Also, the like, way that some of the guys were wearing their scarves too was just oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> that's the thing too. Like all of these people are real people, and like people. So like a character like Kate in in the books and uh, you know films and everything, there's very little about her other than she's brash and badass. And so she's kind of a one-dimensional character she's going to be. And so like that one I can forgive, but like the way they play Johnny Ringo is just upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> the way he dies is just sad. I like to see like Doc Holiday seems like a villain the whole show and then he's like I'm the hero I killed Ringo haha ha, he is no more. But that's their story. Doc Holiday is a bad guy. And the beauty of the story of Doc Holiday and Wyatt Earp is that it's this, like, uh, this friendship that shouldn't be because it's this career lawman and a career criminal who are best friends yeah. and they save each other. And Doc literally saves Wyatt from death by just being a better fighter than him. And Wyatt saves Doc by just, like, keeping him out of the darkness by being his friend and it's a beautiful story and this doesn't really tell that but those two actors in this and those two characters in this are my favorite two and are battling in my mind for mvp your explanation <laughs> of the the plot was 10 times better than the show like we're done here that was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> It's a story I truly love. <laughs> like, just just two boys who love each other <laughs> is really all I need. Um, Dodo DuPont. I Can fucking we? love Dodo in this. She yeah. is hilarious. That was an Annie Oakley outfit, right? I want to say, yeah. yeah. I yeah. never would have guessed that. God damn, Alex out here impressing what? too. Annie Oakley. You guys, I'm so lost. Do you even Western, bro? Oh, it's more Western. That makes sense now. Okay. <laughs> do Do you even history books, bro? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it... <laughs> and Annie Oakley was like a carnival act. She was this woman sharpshooter, cow, cowgirl. Yeah, she would go around in carnivals and do sharpshooting tricks and stuff to crowds and make her money that way. That seems something very important. That should be definitely in our history books. We all know about it. <laughs> so, what was the musical with her in it? Like, where she's like the main character. Annie, get your gun. Yeah, I was in the pit for that. L so Little that's Orphan how I know Annie? It. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Little, little oh, Orphan Annie picks up a gun and just starts blasting. <laughs> no one was talking. I'm into this movie now. God, what's it called? It's not... What is it? Mm. No, Annie Get Your Gun was a 1950 movie. Yeah, it was Annie Get Your Gun, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. But the the movie wasn't a musical. Oh, yeah, uh, the musical is called Annie Get Your Gun, yeah. Yeah. Alex would know. Written by Dorothy Fields and Herbert Fields. No relation. <laughs> That's why they were related. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that she held Doc Holliday up at gunpoint, though, and just like, <laughs> I'm going to shoot you in the arm. It's like, you're pointed right at my eyes. You need to aim here. Yeah, so this, <laughs> when we watched The Romans, we said that that was the only true comedy in classic Doctor Who. It's not 100% true. 
this one you could say is a true comedy. But I think the only people that are in that comedy are Stephen, Dodo, and Doc Holliday, and everyone else is in a very serious <laughs> Western. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's very accurate. And, and maybe maybe the doctor kind of goes back and forth because he he has some really good stuff. But I think Peter Purvis, who plays Stephen, is great. Oh, God, I think yeah. this is Dodo's best story that we have access to. We're not going to be able to see all of her stories, but I do think this is her best one. And I think the doctor's awesome too. I think the doctor spends a lot of time being pissy. Well, he just he just had his tooth well. ripped out. Well, he was kind of, I didn't think he was He ate one sweet and had to have a tooth removed. All you children at home. Well, I mean, <laughs> his response to everything was like really pissy. Every now and then he he had some sass. That was fun. But most of the time he's just like, I'm not Doc Holiday. Why did you give me a gun? Yeah, let me go. <laughs> Everyone's giving me guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some legit yeah, that jokes. Is great. Everyone just keeps handing me gun. Like he's in jail and has a gun. <laughs> he's just like, Can you please take this away? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hilarious! It, it was. Funny. He also says, "I never." He says, I never drink alcohol when we've just watched The Romans, where he's just housing alcohol. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> what the heck? Um, did the little Earp brother die? I can't remember. He was like dead and then yeah. he wasn't dead, but then he yeah. drank water and oh, then he died, right? Super dead. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't water. Okay. Morgan had died. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's part of the story, too. Like, he really did die. So we're kind of in the in between between producer teams. So we have. Um, the script editor, who's Donald Tosh, and we have the producer, who's Innes Lloyd, both, um, or sorry, John Wiles, both leaving kind of right before this, um, John Wiles left at the arc, and Donald Tosh, um, oh no, he just came on on the time meddler, and they're, they're kind of handing over to Innes Lloyd, who came on during Celestial Toymaker, and Jerry Davis, who came on during the massacre. And uh, so they're kind of like. They're kind of like birthed these stories. They don't really have a choice. Like these are already like in plan before they come on. And one thing that their their preceding team, uh, John Wiles and Donald Tosh wanted. Or one thing they liked is they liked scaring kids, but putting humor in there. So this story and a story like The Massacre, like, they're funny stories, but with, like, horrific violence in them. So this is, you know, this has this gunfight at the OK Corral at the end of it, which is like a bloody fight where many people die. And it ends with just a panning shot over the dead bodies. But it's a comedy. (laughs) And the incoming team kind of reluctantly making these stories is going for something different that we'll talk about next time but as as we get into the like that different tone of the show that we're about to enter but this is kind of not only the last of those kind of scary but with jokes stories but is also the last pure historical that we're going to have for a really long time because it was one of the lowest rated stories and they kind of blamed the wrong things 
So going ah. back in time and just having an adventure with no monsters and no aliens and nothing like that is kind of going to stop now. Jake, Jake I, I didn't prepare for this. Also, Jake, I have a 15-minute yeah. monologue here that's very insightful on the future of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's like my job, man. <laughs> he only knows Doctor Who. He, but he knows it well. And traveling. If you ever want to travel, just ask Jake. He'll plan it for you. I kind of enjoy that almost every scene has a gun pointed at someone's face whenever they're talking. <laughs> Today, uh, Terry's a sociopath. <laughs> it's just constant. I'm just like, hey, no one's being threatened. Here's a gun to your face. Like, okay. <laughs> Time for the drama. Maybe that's why, like, I never found myself really falling asleep on these episodes. And I think it's because they kept the excitement level up pretty high in these episodes. There wasn't just like a, there wasn't really a lull. Yeah, it it went it went across in a pretty good clip. Also, we could understand what they were saying, which was always nice. That too. <laughs> Holy crap. Like, Here's my thoughts. My only thoughts on this set of four episodes. Maybe I'll have more. But I think it's my only four. It was enjoyable to watch. Like, it was entertaining. I wish I would have known more about the history, because I don't. But Alex had to pause every five seconds to tell me, because I'm inadequate, and that's fine. Alex, stop doing that. <laughs> it's okay. If I, don't, like, if I don't pull her attention to the TV every once in a while, she doesn't watch it. And <laughs> then she has to rewatch well, it. I mean, I was watching it. I just don't know. Like, I don't know the history that you're like, do you know who blah, blah, blah is? I'm like, nope. He's like, it's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So, like, it would be great to know more. Like, Alex knew everything there was to know about Doc Holiday for some reason. That's great. Like, it probably makes it more enjoyable and you connect better. Even without knowing a thing, like, it's fun to watch. It was enjoyable. Like, it was a cool, like, shoot 'em up Western-style, you know, story that the Doctor and his companions were thrown into. However, I didn't take away much more than that. And that's all right. I didn't need to. Like, it's okay to just enjoy something for however many minutes. Yeah, there's not exactly, like, a moral tale to this story. No, it was just, like, it was just a Western. And, like, that's what Westerns always are to me. Like, it was like watching a Western. It was fine. Like, it kept your attention. You watched it for the amount of time. And then it was over. And you moved on with your life. Did Jake say there wasn't a moral story here? This is a story of revenge. <laughs> That went poorly. Yeah, I don't think revenge is immoral. No, 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 no. Not, no, not the act of revenge, but the results of revenge. That's the moral. Sure. But nobody, like, all that happens is they kill all the bad guys. They're like, well, see you tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> Good luck with dentistry. So I, I think there's some, something to be said for, so <laughs> Peter Purvis, the actor who plays Steven, hated this story. Absolutely hated Aww. it. Um, but in his mind, in every interview I've seen with him, and last night Terry and I watched a, on the DVD for this is a 43-minute documentary about season three, which is the season we're in. And, you know, they, they touch on this story a little bit, but I've seen other interviews with him where he talks shit about it. But all of his complaints are just about the one day where he had to sing because he mm -hmm. hates singing. <laughs> 
and he and he doesn't think he's a good singer and you know he went to drama school so he had to go through singing and i think he actually does a, a really fine job it was job. very good yeah i thought he, like i was actually surprised. yeah in like a theater singing style and i think he's and he's also like doing comedy acting while doing it like when he turns and the guy's got a gun and he kind of jerks forward and kind of speeds up the song a little bit i think i think he's great and he that actually said good. He actually said in that interview that he had watched it recently and was like, oh, it's actually pretty good. I just kind of like my memories are so tainted because in the original script, it was supposed to be Dodo singing and he was supposed to play the piano. But um, Jackie Lane, the actress, was like, I don't want to. Let's just have him sing. And every all the producers <laughs> and director were like, OK, <laughs> just that... like, without saying anything to him and he when they he just... hired them i thought that's the way it was gonna go and i was very surprised when it didn't steven acted at, like steven's great and he, in this one. he carries the story like you have to have a reason yeah. to go into the bad guy camp and all that so you have to have one of our party in there and i think he like during this time the producers hated william hartnell and so they're they're looking for like any reason to not have him in as much stories as possible. And we're even switching producing teams and that kind of continues. And that's why, you know, pretty soon we're gonna get the second doctor. Um and so there's a lot of stories and more coming up where they're really putting the emphasis on Steven in particular and kind of having him carry the story. And I think uh, he totally could. And just based on this one and some of those stories where he carries a lot of it, we're not going to be able to see. But I think based on this, I fully believe that he's capable of doing that. Yeah. Did you have I more really tweets? Like... Sorry, go ahead. Nope. <laughs> Alex, talk. That's my line, Terry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I just really let like... there be awkward silences. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the... Uh... Um, Doc Holliday actor. Yep. Um, Cause like when he did, there was a lot of like subtle movements that he was acting towards the camera that was like hidden from the rest of the cast. Anthony like, when Jacobs. He was, like, when he was taking out his like little Derringer gun all the time and like being real like secretive and sneaking around. He, he was so good too. Like he, he was just a joy to watch. Yeah. I mean, spoiler for MVP, but he, he really carries that part because all those cutaways to Dodo, who's basically a, a zero and K two super one dimensional, like carrying that part of the story. And he has a lot of work to do. Like he has to interact with the doctor. He has to interact with Kate. He has parts with the clan. He does. He's supposed to be this badass gunfighter. I think that actor just carries all everything he's supposed to do. I think he's great at. And his accent sure. isn't the most egregious out of the bunch. It wasn't the worst. No, it's really I, I good. Would... I thought his was decent or yeah. good, even. Yeah, because he was Georgian, right? So, like, he, like, I felt like I, I could hear like the the Georgia drawl. He, I just, I just wanted to pull it up quick to make sure he wasn't like the one person who's actually from North America, but he is from England. <laughs> yeah, I thought he had a good accent. Yeah, and I think he was funny and menacing and like. All the stuff you're supposed to be. Like, I think he would have been really good as uh, Johnny Ringo, too. I think he could have pulled that off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool. Fun fact, the original actor cast as Johnny Ringo, who had to back out because of a scheduling conflict, 
Patrick Troughton, who is going to be our second doctor. Really? If it is, if and he's a great evil act, like actor of evil characters. And so like if he if he had done that, maybe they would have been like, oh, the audience just knows him as an evil guy and he won't be able like we can't cast him. The only thing I can picture right now is this like bowl cut type look and like just can't imagine him being evil. <laughs> wow. Well there he is an episode. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there is a second Doctor episode that we will watch where he plays two characters and one of them's the bad guy and he's absolutely incredible. Wow. Jeez. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are the worst. You must have Chai Lee Otherwise your mouth gets stolen. <laughs> you want another fun fact? The guy that plays Charlie, the bartender, he's going to be in Doctor Who two more times and I'll try to remember to point him out when he is. But this is the only time that we will see him with both of his eyes. Because what? at some point in the early 70s, he was doing a play and had a sword fight in this play and had one of his eyes stabbed uh, up. Oh, no. This so isn't a fun fact that, at all. Yeah, that's this is true. That's not fact. a fun fact, Jake. Gruesome. That's horrifying. Welcome to Depressing Facts. Did they stop the play? <laughs> Did the no, play go Terry. on? The play went on. The play must go on. <laughs> oh, God. I can't through the pain. imagine getting stabbed in the eye. In a live oh, play? being stabbed. Yeah. I, I feel like stabbed anywhere else is better than the eye. You literally, literally see anywhere it coming. I, I just flash back to the uh, whitest kids you know where they're doing Hamlet and there's vampires. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck, I just got bit by a fucking vampire. <laughs> I do not know. The whitest friends. kids you know. It's 2005 uh, right yeah. now. Yeah. Didn't but they like, do like be, a... Would, they did like, the Abe Lincoln a, skit. Yeah, imagine he's doing like a sword fighting and then he gets stabbed in the eye. Oh, fuck, you just stabbed me in the fucking <laughs> eye. Uh, Didn't they uh, do a is, battle you know, between like Eng- England and America? Didn't they do like yeah. one of those battles too? Yeah. That I think that's the only one I remember. You have fucked up. You have fucked up now. <laughs> that's right, you fucked up. Is That's from that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. A hole. <laughs> wow. Who the fuck said that? Who the fuck said that? <laughs> it's a great skit. This show is great. Oh, it's so good. Sketch. Welcome that's to good. a podcast where we just recreate things we remember from. <laughs> yeah, that's what millennials are. They don't have jokes. They just repeat jokes. <laughs> Tom Hanks is an asshole. <laughs> So I'm assuming because Terry asked for tweets that he doesn't have anything else to say. I mean, I've got more stuff to say, but... What did you think about their Western apparel? I Okay, so I loved... Oh no, um... the can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) You blew it, Sam. (laughs) So, hold on, Terry. You asked for tweets so that when I said let's do tweets, you could interrupt me and say, oh wait, hold on, I have more stuff to say? (laughs) Well, you asked if I had stuff to say, and now I said yes. 
I always want you to say stuff. I don't want you to do it when we're ending the show. <laughs> He was my never going to say stuff. He was going to say, I was going to say after we ended the podcast. When we stop recording and he goes on for five minutes and we're all like, okay, bye. <laughs> but now he's trying to squeeze it in before tweet. We should do a separate podcast called Postcut Podcast with Terry. <laughs> Terry, what would you like to say? Okay, well, going off of costumes, I thought it was genius that uh, both Steven and Dodo were so hyped about this that they come out looking like cartoon cowboys. And <laughs> like they're all shiny and dapper and everything. It was such a great contrast to everything else around. Well, especially because the, doc- the doctor's outfit just fits. And when Doc Holliday just gives him his hat, it's like, oh, he just looks right in place. Yeah. Yeah, everyone else looks great. Charlie... Looked wonderful, though I hated that character so much. Um, Kate looked good. Everyone else was... The Clampton brothers were god-awful, but whatever. There's only so much you can do with them, but... Everything looked great except for the hats and particularly Johnny Ringo's little drawstring hat. Like when he's he's, um, recruiting Steven to go with him. And he's like, he pulls that thing right up to the little butt of his chin. Like, that's supposed to go deep down your neck. But he's just like right up on his chin. And he just looks like a four-year-old boy who's like <laughs> playing Cowboys yep. and Indians. It was uh, ridiculous. Yeah. How does everyone remember what everyone is wearing? I don't have this memory space to keep it in oh. my brain. Because we watch the show. We have our eyes open. We <laughs> sit still. <laughs> I can barely tell you what happened in the episode, we let stare, alone what we, they we were wearing. forward at the uh, moving great. pictures. <laughs> I did have a question, though. Um, did they actually use Doc Holliday's um, dentistry chair for the hanging? Is like, Is that what they were supposed to put Steven on to kick out from underneath? Or did Steven. they just... Bring it along for fun. Uh, no idea. Okay. Yeah, I I don't like remember that, one, that detail. It threw me off, because that was the one thing that Doc Holliday got angry about. It's like, oh, who cares? They're going to hang this random guy. It's like, my chair! It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> don't remember that at all. Oh, okay. I remember that, but I I don't remember the chair's... Uh, use in the attempted lynching. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't see it either, so I wasn't I sure. I think they were just robbing him, and that made him mad. Oh, okay. I don't know. So uh-huh. did Doc Holiday go by Doc? Or yeah, I think or Holiday. Or John. Ooh. Because if he didn't go by Doc, it kind of ruins the whole premise of this story. No, he definitely was called Doc. Someone was just thinking, like, hold on. When Steven first came on board, he kept calling the doctor Doc. There's a historical figure <laughs> called Doc. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> but if Doc Holiday went by Doc, I think it's a genius, like, storyline. It's great. It's a dad joke plot. Yeah, the plot yeah. worked out so well, and it was just like a... 
But it's so dark. Like, the first time you meet him, he's setting up the doctor to go die. <laughs> like, here you go. Go walk over there and yeah. get murdered. And it's played as a comedy. The, the whole first episode is Doc Holliday is presenting the doctor as him to be murdered by a group who is looking to kill him. Okay, and do people not know what Doc Holliday looks like? Well, they, they say, like, they're in the bar. They're like, well, what does he look like? They're like, I don't know. He's like an old man who dresses nice. And, but we know he loves to drink and gamble, so if we just hang out, we'll run into him. Yeah, it, like, he was, he was famous. Okay, and the doctor was constantly like, I don't like this gun, and I never drink, and they're like, you're the doctor! But then, Doc Holliday shot, shot that dude's gun out of his hand, and everyone thought it was the doctor <laughs> that did it. So, like, okay. he's, he's getting, you know, he's getting the theater of it going. Yeah, the I also love that there's all these guys who are like, we're going to kill Doc Holliday, but we have no idea what he looks like. <laughs> but then when Virgil shows up, he's like, oh, I saw Johnny Ringo's horse, so he must be in town. It's like, <laughs> you know what his fucking horse looks like? <laughs> and, and like the bartender knows immediately that it's Johnny Ringo, who's never been in this town before, <laughs> but it's just rep reputation but precedes posters. him. The wanted posters were Johnny Ringo, so that kind of makes sense. At least. Which I it's loved. A, there's there's wanted posters of Doc Holliday, too. I do love uh, when they are out of town and they're going to go get food. And Doc, you just hear, like, shooting off screen and then he comes back with a tray of food and, like, I have dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that tray of food was like a bottle of booze and that was it. <laughs> you yeah. sultry bitch. <laughs> you guys want a couple tweets? We already read James Courtney's tweet. Uh, he said, it's good, you're wrong. And then... What? <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, you guys will probably hate the song because you watch it all in one sitting. Oh, and the, yeah, yeah, just, that's right. just pegged you all for the bastards you are. Uh, James Accurate. Swift says, I adored this episode. It's one of my favorite Hartnells. And the Galaxy agrees. Yep. I'm actually a big fan of the next one, so I'm excited. I think it was pretty decent comparatively. Top top yeah. half? Yeah. Good. Oh, for sure. Good series. I will remember this one. Sam, what's your favorite Hartnell story? The the Giants World. Oh no. That's so <laughs> weird, man. <laughs> like that's a story that the people who made it were like, this is so bad. We just have to <laughs> Cut it from four to three and just skip story points to just I don't end know it. why. I just maybe if I went and watched again, I'd be like, Oh yeah, that was really no, bad. There are other Don't ever ones? watch it again. I want you to love it forever because <laughs> it's great. But it's memorable and I just think the idea of that is so fun. I just loved it. Divorce to who? Alright. <laughs> BT Flippity Kick It at your cool ninety one. Sam, you wanna say hi? It's not as bad as the received fan wisdom of the 90s said it was, but it's not exactly good. And as someone who had an obligatory Old West outlaw phase in high school, the mangling of the OK Corral gunfight is somewhat disappointing. <laughs> oh no. My favorite, mangling, my huh? favorite shot of the whole story is during the fight when they have someone hiding under like a a uh, carriage and they have the camera down under the carriage and they're pointing up at this guy you can just see the ceiling of the studio 
<laughs> and they're supposed to be outside. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not intended in its original aspect ratio <laughs> or on a, you know, 20 inch black and white TV in the 60s. <laughs> but quite obvious watching it on a, however big my TV is, don't even have a clue. I mean, they went for a different angle. I had, you know, give them props for that. Well, and the, the story starts with a camera angle from underneath the carriage watching some horses go by. And, and Terry even brought up, what's the point of this camera <laughs> angle? And I was like, oh, it's they just have like a smaller, easier to move camera. So like, we got to do everything we can with this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do a lot of like, just scenery type things so that they could get the song in for the specific amount of time that the song was well there were a lot of scenes of like the doctor walking really slowly um (laughs) down a street of wyatt extremely slowly loading a six shooter just what like anytime they're like okay here we're gonna put in a song (laughs) so whatever you're doing do it so slow (laughs) (laughs) This is the kind of pure historical that I like. Like, they're not, they're not interfering. It's not like something like Rosa, where they have to make the thing that was always supposed to happen, happen. It's, uh, they're just in the past. Reality is happening around them, and they're just trying to get out of the way. And the doctor the whole time was just like, I just want my friends. Like, I'll leave as soon as they're here. It's just, they keep getting mixed up in it. That That is a good point. Like, it wasn't that weird trope where like, oh shit, these are huge historical characters. We need to make sure they don't die today. And yeah. they didn't do that, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, they're constantly in a state of almost dying, so right. to be fair. Are, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Widowed to who? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we barely talked about it at all, but I think we're all done. Sam, who's your MVP? Ah, uh, shoot. Doc Holiday, Anthony Jacobs, mine too. Cody, Wyatt Earp, good man. Wyatt was Martin Huntley, Werp, if you will. Wyatt Werp, Werp. Werp. I, I love it, and just <laughs> like making fun, making fun of uh, Hartnell, like mispronouncing words and just making it a part of the script and doing it on purpose. It's just so much fun. I looked at Cody. I was like. Why is he calling him Werp? I'm so confused. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> uh, Jill. Okay, I'm debating. I'm debating picking the singer who had this god-awful score to work with. Linda Barron. And managed to keep it together through the whole thing. It wasn't enjoyable, but it wasn't the lady's fault that it wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> like, I think oh, as no. a vocalist, she killed it. What about Steven bass- doing the same song, but IRL? Okay, that was my backup, though. Like, Steven was my backup for the song that I hated. I love when they take music that's not in the world. They call it diegetic, or is that the the other way around? They take music that's not in the world and then put it in the world. Like, I, I was watching some of 
Back to the Future earlier this week. And they have, like, Power of Love as a song. And then when Marty and his friends are auditioning for, like, the Battle of the Bands or whatever, they play that song that we heard earlier in the movie. And it's like, oh, that's so weird, but kind of cool. It's our big words. Just one. <laughs> big word. Uh, Alex, we got... Oh, Jill, you never picked. Doc Holiday. Yeah, I picked the lady. Yeah, Linda Barron. There were so many words to fit in that dumbass melody. Well, yeah, and then Poor like, lady. hey, I know this is a two-syllable word, but you need to make it three syllables. Or like, I know this is a three-syllable word, but you need to make it two syllables. Or like, these words don't rhyme, but do what you can. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. these, <laughs> these were written by people who do not write music. Exactly. Alex, we got the Doc Holiday. Hello, Terry. Peter Purvis. Peter Purvis. Stephen. Well, I think this is as good a time as any to let you all know that we are done with Peter Purvis because what? the next oh, story no. is called The Savages. Stephen. Stephen is gone. The next story, The Savages. The Doctor, Stephen, and Dodo arrive on an unnamed planet where they encounter two distinct people, the Elders and the Savages. They soon discover the Elders are the evil ones, draining the primitive Savages for their life source to remain young and powerful forever. And in that story, when they help the Savages to defeat the Elders, Stephen decides to stay behind and help the Savages rebuild their society. And essentially becomes king. He found a Savage Lady, didn't he? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, he did. But there have been canon. Big, there have been like some big finish follow ups where like sequels where Stephen is, or may, maybe novels. There there have been written stories following up Stephen's story after that. But he leaves in the next story, which we do not have access to. He found a savage in the streets for a savage. I feel like in the I didn't streets. even get to know Stephen. Well. This is the first Doctor season that is mostly missing. So, no, we did not get very much of Steven. We basically had the Time Meddler, Galaxy 4, which was animated. And then we missed 21 episodes. We got the arc, where he doesn't have a huge part. That 21 episodes is a big yikes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Then we missed four episodes, and we get this. Then we missed four episodes, and he's gone. And he was... He's kind of the product of a new team coming in. They, the previous team kind of accidentally wrote out Maureen O'Brien without telling her. She, she wanted to leave and they thought she wanted to leave, but nobody told her. So she went on like a six week vacation for the summer and then came back and found out it was her last story. And she was like, I could have spent that six weeks looking for work. Instead, I was vacationing thinking I had a fucking job. And so she was pretty upset. Um, the new team coming in just has a different idea for kind of what they want in companions and what they want in stories. And that's going to start with our next story, The War Machines, which is a four-parter. Um, Dodo's still on the team, and it's Earth-based. And that this new production team, that's kind of what they're looking for. They want more hard science fiction, Earth-based, and monsters. And so that's kind of the start of a little bit of that being a thing. We'll talk more about that next time when we get into it. 
But uh, that's where we're at. We, we're going to miss a story. We're going to lose Steven. And we're going to pick up with the Doctor and Dodo in The War Machines. So we just missed four episodes and then we're back on? But it was four episodes um, written by Ian Stewart Black and directed by Christopher Berry, who is one of the better and more long-tenured Doctor Who directors. So kind of sad to be missing that one, but... This next one, also written by Ian Stewart Black, directed by Michael Ferguson, and it's one I actually really like. Anyone got anything else? Can we end this shit? Terry might have something. No. He'll wait. He'll wait till after the song. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, Ask the humans. only. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, you you can end it. You can end it. It's fine. The what? No, my my only input on the song is I hated that that was the only part that was musical. Like, everything else then didn't have any, like, background sound or anything like that. So it always felt at time when she would end off her song, like, the instrumental part would keep going. And I felt like it was like a weird ass, like, Oklahoma West Side Story thing was going to happen. But then it they just didn't keep singing. And it kept throwing me every time she's come in with that song. There were a couple times at the end of episodes where I, I would have liked like a smooth transition between the song and the Doctor Who theme song that came at the end credits. But they just like ended the song, then the Doctor Who theme. And it would be cool if they just found a way to weave them together. Oh, the autoplay must have cut that off because I was going to say they, they didn't play the like to my perspective, they didn't play uh, the Doctor Who song at the end. Yeah, we watched it on just the DVD. hit on the on the start. Oh yeah. yeah. Speaking of songs, Alex, get us the fuck out of here. Uh, this has been Married to Who, episode on The Gunfighters. If you would like to participate with us, you can do so on our Twitter, Married to Who Pod. We also have an Instagram, Married to Who. We have a website. If you want to listen to older episodes, MarriedToWho.com. I'm back to myself, Jake, Tony, Sam, Jill, Alex, and our producer, Terry. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for The War Machines. Beauty, <laughs> <laughs>